What's your podcast called? <laughs> Mildly frustrating. Mildly okay. So generally being mad what? is a good thing. Hold on, I've never watched your podcast before. Well, mildly, it's because it's not a video; it's a podcast. Mildly frustrating. Yeah, Google that. How, How do you spell, spell frustrating? It? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it involves a Q somewhere in the middle. All right. Ready? All right. Yeah. Let's you get to write that down. Yep. You're a bad guest. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Mildly Frustrating Podcast. I'm here with uh, Jacob. My name is Dylan. And uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, homie? Uh, yeah, I'm Jacob, like you literally <laughs> just said four seconds ago. Yeah, I'm usually here with Alan. Um, today, Alan is uh, MIA. He's dead. <laughs> um, he has recently moved and is in the middle of a lot of... Uh, life stuff going on so he's uh, been kind of unavailable lately hopefully he'll be back soon but right now i'm here with jacob um so i guess uh, the first thing we'll try to get to is um uh, i know we're both kind of basketball fans a little bit you probably more than me especially lately i mean you said you're a fan of 2006 basketball or 2016. 2016 basketball. My bad. Which is still newer. I would be six. Which is 2000. <laughs> which is still newer than I was a fan of. I was still a LeBron fan when he was on the Cavaliers when I used to watch basketball. Oof. Yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah, so that's like that's several years. Um, so what's your thoughts on what's going on right now with the NBA? I know there's been a lot going on with the Houston Rockets or the Hong Kong Rockets, as they're sometimes, as they're sometimes called. Um, they're, LeBron made some comments about the whole situation with China and that people have made comments on. And I think uh, James Harden made a couple of comments as well. Um, what's your What's your thoughts on that? I don't know. I feel like I feel like with basketball, football, everything like that, it's it's one of those things where I feel like people just really need to stay in their lane. Like that's what frustrates me about like actors nowadays too is that they want to like get mixed up in politics and everything that's going on, but that's not why we like them. We like them because of their talent, not because of their opinion. Well, the one thing I've come to find out because I really as we as I mentioned don't really pay attention is Braun is apparently the ambassador for the, for the NBA, so he's the well, yeah we we know that yeah so he is a little bit more in a position to speak out more than like Harden. But I I don't feel like he should have said anything because that I mean I don't agree exactly with the fact that they're calling him a hypocrite. I don't think that he is a hypocrite by speaking out, but I do feel like he does need to learn his place. Uh, I mean, he literally, he plays basketball. He's not some political figure or anything like that. So I feel like, I don't know, it, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. Like, especially with the ties that China has to the NBA in general and Nike and the connections that LeBron has to both of them. I don't know. It, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. For the people who aren't completely familiar with what has happened recently um the houston rockets general manager tweeted that he was in support of the fight for freedom and that he stands with hong kong against china and all this weird crazy crap that's going on over there um so lebron said that uh he wasn't educated on the situation and that 
it can endanger people not only financially but physically and emotionally and spiritually so it's he wasn't necessarily condemning him but he was saying hey maybe he wasn't fully aware of the situation before he made his statement which can be said of him also because of the statement he made which because you think of the the backlash against what he said what's the headline gonna be hey uh, the general manager, general management, the general manager, <laughs> the general manager of the Houston Rockets comes out in support of Hong Kong, and LeBron James comes out and says, "No, he wasn't uh, fully informed on the situation." That's the headline. So maybe he needs to also think about a little bit about what he's saying. You kind of do you agree with what I'm saying? He's maybe jumping the gun a little bit here. <clears throat> yeah, I do. Uh... Again, there's not really, I'm not really too informed with what's with what's happening. Uh, but again, it, it's one of those things where if you're going to have that much influence, as much as LeBron has with both Nike and the NBA, it's one of those things where you you have a certain power, and. You've got to realize that. So you've got to be very careful about what you say because... If anybody's aware of it, it's LeBron. But again, if you're aware of something like that, you don't make broad statements in defense like he has. Like that's that's really not not helping his case at all. Nobody said LeBron was a scholar. Okay, well, obviously. (laughs) So there's been a lot of criticism for LeBron. I'm on board with LeBron. He's a good basketball player. I will always be a fan of his. He has done a lot of great stuff for his community. Didn't he open up a school that was essentially... Yeah. So he's done a lot of great stuff for his community. Yeah, he... Yeah, especially in his community, he's helped. He's done a lot of great stuff. But in this particular situation, I think his... So his whole stance is essentially you need to think before you speak. And the general manager of the Houston Rockets was not fully informed on what he said and needed to think about it a little bit longer, which I think could be said the same could be said for him. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird position to be in again. I don't know if I fault LeBron as like, you know, he's a hypocrite. This is ridiculous. He needs to keep his mouth shut. I don't know about all that, but there's something to be said for he's a victim of his own advice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of to that same idea is we just uh, tonight did our fantasy basketball draft. Um, we did not have the first picks, neither one of us. Um, I had the fifth pick. You had the seventh pick. Yep. Um, so do you remember who went first in the draft overall? Uh, I'm trying to find out. I mean, I could tell you. <laughs> do you remember who oh, it was? I think it was LeBron, right? Nope. Who? LeBron was third. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke pick. Uh, first was uh, James Harden. James Harden, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Which I'm not completely against. That was her name with the uh, James Harden pick. Um, I had the fifth pick. So uh, I guess LeBron was second then, right? Third. Third? Okay. Oh, I don't know how to pick. Who was second then? So the second pick was Jonas Antetokounmpo. I forget how to pronounce his Jesus, name. Jesus, that was that was bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, re, I legit don't know how to pronounce his name from Milwaukee Bucks. Um, then the third pick was LeBron James, which <laughs> that's a interesting pick, especially on the Lakers. I don't, I don't know about all that. It's 
you know, I'm again, I'm a LeBron fan. But on the Lakers, it's not like he's the only one. He's not the only guy there. He's not the only point scorer. <clears throat> yeah, but you got to think about players that are consistent, and I think that's something that can be said of LeBron. Even though LeBron's no longer on a team where he has to carry. Yeah, the team. He is still consistent. I'm not saying he's not top ten, top five. Yeah, top even. five. Yeah, I don't know about number three though. It's this year on the Lakers, is he top three? I don't know. Well, he 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 wasn't top three on the overall list. Yeah, I think Luke just picked him because of the consistency, you know, that he brings. Yeah, and then it was Carl uh, Anthony Towns was the fourth pick, which I'm on board with. Yeah, and then Anthony Davis was my fifth pick. I'm happy with. With sensors, yeah, that's kind of they they can put up points. I'm happy with the Anthony Davis pick. I'm pretty sure that they they, they played him as center, maybe whatever team they yeah. had before. Yeah, I'm kind of out of loop a little bit as far as the the NBA is concerned. Again, yeah, I I really so like 2016 17. I really cut myself off from like. All kinds of sports. Yeah. Because it was right when I moved. Nobody that I knew played basketball or had really any interest in basketball, football, anything like that. Yeah. So I really cut myself off from it because it wasn't, you know. I think I think with sports, it becomes a, a social thing at some point. Yeah. You know, watching it with your friends and everything. I just, I lost touch with it. So in my mind, you know, Rondo is still elite. <laughs> But they're tossing him around like a freaking chicken. Yeah. So you got the number seven pick in the draft. Who was your number one pick? I got Steph Curry. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I am. Again, it's it's the fact that, that he's a, at least consistent. He doesn't really, from my understanding, he doesn't really get injured too often. Uh, so, I mean, I really can't, can't complain about that. Um, do you remember who your second pick was? Um, I know. Oh, DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. you wanted him too. <laughs> kind of wanted him. Yeah. DeRozan's a special guy. Um, he's gone up the boards every single year, essentially. He's, he's very talented. Um, you, so you got him with six pick of the second round. I think even, even though he was on the top of the list, I think he was kind of a sleeper. A little bit. You know, because nobody picked him right off the bat. I think I think everybody kind of picked like the first top players. I think they literally just picked whoever was at the top. I don't feel like anybody but maybe one knew who they were picking. Yeah, there's a couple people. Whereas so. I was looking for names, like people that were consistent, the teams that they were on. Just because I feel like if you if you pick a player who's on a good team, even if they are a uh uh, backup. Yeah, I feel like they have a very good chance of popping off. Okay, so for example, you picked him over. Uh, uh, you picked him over Lamarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Is there a reason Rudy Gobert? Is there a reason you picked him over them? I just feel like he's played better over the past couple of years. Okay, I mean there there are very few people that I've kept up with, and that I've heard have played decent mm-hmm. and he's one of them DeRozan is pretty great i'm in the kind of in the same boat of boat as you to be fair but DeRozan is a special guy so there was a total of 13 rounds so tw- let's take a look just because i feel like you can learn a decent amount about the 12 and 13 round you can learn a good amount about the team so your 
in the 12th round, you picked uh, Mason Plumlee. Is there a reason for that? I feel like that was a decent, almost sleeper pick. Uh, that's I, I think that's a good pick in a later round. Um, again, you got him at in the twelfth round at a thirteen. Well, again, I think I think he's just a reliable backup. Yeah, you know, like at, at some point, especially when you have a full group of people that are playing. I think we have twelve all together, right? Thirteen. Those starters are going to go quick. And so you've really got to start looking at backups and who's reliable and who's not. Mm-hmm. And I've I've actually been following Plumley for a while, and he he is a very consistent player. And also he's on a he's on a team that isn't too bad. He's on the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, I've again, it's it's a player that I really can't complain having. You know, I yeah. think he's going to put up good points, uh, and he's going to be a good alternate too to have yeah and he's behind uh, was it jojic or jajic or yeah i think so um so he'll be behind him but like you we've talked about before those guys get injured fairly decently so there's a there's a decent amount of chance he'll end up as a starter at some point during the season yeah um so the 12th round i ended up with rajan rondo which i'm happy with um He's not the same Rajon Rondo of a year or even two years ago, where he was getting you know a triple double every game. Yeah. Um, but he's still a dangerous player who I'm more than willing to bet on in the in twelve out of thirteen rounds. Happy to have him. Um, so his his minutes will be capped, but he'll be just below a starter. So I'm hoping that. Uh, he'll be a little bit of a sleeper pick. He's got the potential, and I'm hopeful that it'll pan out. I don't know. I thought I thought about drafting him, but it's just the fact that he can't really put up points. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to solely rely on his assists. Mm-hmm. That's really that. That's about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rondo can can get some assists, but like I. I don't know. I wanted to go for more of a balanced point guard. Either way, I'm still happy with the Rajon Rondo in the 12th round. Um, he's a not risky pick, but he's a, I think um, he has a lot of upside. He's a high ceiling. Dude, how, how do you think I feel? My final pick was Jeremy Lin. <laughs> so in thir- round 13 of 13, you picked Jeremy Lin uh, with the seventh pick of the 13th round. Are you happy with that? Uh, no, not really. <clears throat> you know I was like I was looking through all the players that were left and I was like you know what I loved Jeremy Lin when he first started I think he was on the Knicks how do you think I feel he's he's I'm a Knicks fan so yeah insanity so he was on the Knicks and then I think he went to the Rockets Mm-hmm. and then I think he was bounced around a couple more times yep. and now I think he's on Toronto no, yeah, yeah, he's on the Raptors yep. now. But I think I think even last year, I think he impressed a lot of people with yeah. his performance, even as a backup. I'm really not sure. Yeah, so I mean I'm not I'm not too happy. I wish now looking at it, I pick somebody better, but at the same time I would be really, really happy to see him pop off again and perform at least at least mediocre like i want him to at least break even (laughs) yeah like that's that's all i hope for anything anything else i'll either be really disappointed and sad and maybe kill myself (laughs) 
or I'll be really, really happy. He'll go above and beyond, and I'll, I'll, I'll kill myself. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I well, mean, it's, it is round thirteen of thirteen. So, you know, worst comes to worst, we could pick up a free agent of, yeah. of some sort. And I think, I think we both picked up players that we know are good. They're reliable, but they're currently injured. <laughs> Right well, now? I picked up Oladipo in the eleventh round. Uh, well, I well I picked up John Wall in yep. the eleventh uh, round That's too. That's true. Um, in the thirteenth round, I picked up Eric Gordon, which I am happy with. Yeah. Um, it's again, it's not a you know he's not a stat builder, but he could he could build up depending on how his role pans out this year. Um, he's he's a great scorer. He averaged uh, 16.8 uh, uh, points per game in, during the past couple seasons. And um, they have Russell Westbrook, so that can either be a plus or you know a minus, depending on how things turn out. Yeah. So we'll think, see how things go. I'm hopeful for how, how it turns out. I've always liked Eric Gordon. He's a pretty solid scorer. He's got a lot of talent, so I'm hopeful that it works out in the long run. Yeah. I think it's an okay last-round pick, personally. Yeah, I, I think your team's—I I personally think your team is, is looking really good this year um i'm perfectly happy with my team too um I, I don't think it's visibly better than anybody else's but i feel like we might be able to uh to do pretty good this season you know you're playing fantasy football fantasy uh basketball you're kind of involved in hockey a little bit just kind of keeping an eye on it what's your favorite sport to kind of watch i guess uh i'm involved in uh fantasy figure skating uh, oh that's pretty fancy yeah i feel like i might have a good chance of winning i'm between me and my brother right now that's mm. the only people who wanted to join um i feel like uh daniel kim might okay. pop off this year okay personally I, i'm very i'm very very excited uh, to to really see where this goes. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to rank basketball, football, and hockey. One, two, three. I feel like with the back and forth of basketball, I'm a little bit more intrigued by it. Uh, and I grew up playing a lot of basketball too. So, I mean, we did play a lot of football. But I really lost interest in the sport because I feel like it became, I mean, it, it, well, like especially for football, it was literally the same team over and over and over again. Now I'm a I'm a Patriots fan. I love the Patriots. The views of Jacob do not uh, reflect the views of the rest of the staff here. At mildly frustrating. Continue. He's a Jets fan. <laughs> so. He's naturally upset with any team that actually has human beings. All right, back up from the mic and continue what you were saying. All right. I think it would have to be the NBA, NFL, then hockey. Hockey, I really got an interest in when I moved here. Like, I never really had anybody who was interested in it, any friends that were interested in it. I never really played it either. I'd say I'm more of a soccer fan than I am a hockey fan. What kind of soccer interests you? Is it MLS? Is it uh, national? Is it? I like national. Um, and then what's the? Uh, is there a certain team you're rooting for? I like Germany. Okay. Is there a reason? Are you German? Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, one fourth German. Mm, that's fancy. I like the Premier League. Okay. My favorite team in general is Chelsea. I like Hazard. I like Newcastle too. 
right. I have a question for you. All right. You don't have any questions for me. I have a question for I'm you. I'm the host right? here. You don't have any right. questions no, for no, me. No, no, I am the host. Uh, no, I am right? the host here. I, I'm the uh, captain. Uh, whose personality shines through no matter what? Mine. I disagree uh, with your whole well, entire life. Well, it doesn't have, you don't have to agree because I'm the host. Step out of my life. All right. So I have a question for you. Please step all right? out. What does it take for you I disagree. To... All right. Well, that ends my <laughs> line of questioning. Uh, thank you for your, your, your interest in my podcast. It's called the Mildly Interesting Podcast, uh, where we get frustrated with some very indigo topics. What do you want? What? What? I want fame, brother. What are you, what were you saying? I want fame and I want love. No, neither of those. <laughs> what? What does it personally take for you? So, think back to when you were younger, right? I don't like this. All right. So you have artists like like Eminem. You know, we were just listening to his music. What does it take for you personally to be able to memorize? lyrics to a song like you know what do you mean what does it take for for me my money what (laughs) my money i'm done with you (laughs) what does it take for you to be emotionally involved enough in a song for a song to touch you enough to where you memorize a song or do you just have the ability to remember the lyrics to a song like for me like i can listen to a song over and over and over again and still mumble through the lyrics just because i don't care enough about the song to memorize the lyrics but if there's a song that touches me emotionally then i can memorize that song the very first time i listen to it are you the same way or do you have where's where's this question coming from i I was impressed by the fact that that you knew Eminem's lyrics. <laughs> That's all I'm wondering. Well, it's uh, it's also by a sheer need of necessity from listening to it 800 times when I was a kid. Yeah. That's just the general rule is if you listen to it enough, you're going to remember kind okay. of. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, it's it's helpfully if you have some kind of emotional connection to it what about his music gave you that emotional connection i mean there's i mean it's no secret that there's a lot of anger and not loneliness but it's a lot of self-motivation in his music yeah he doesn't have a lot of stuff behind his story that is all setting him up for success which i feel like can kind of line up with my story a little bit so I don't know. Something about his music always kind of drove me to listen to it more and more. And I think the more you listen to it, the more you care about it. It's just a general rule of thumb that you're, at some point you're going to memorize it. Yeah, I think that's that's very interesting. Just for the simple fact that it's very it's very rare for me to, especially with with rap music, to come across an artist where you you feel enough of a connection to where you want to like because a, a lot a lot of the music nowadays it's just kind of a it's a it's it's a bop like it's it's mainly just the uh the beat of the song it's very different nowadays yeah but i feel like with eminem's music there was actual meaning behind it yeah and you could you could sense his pain you know the struggle that he went through in, in, in every scenario 
And that, that really, you know, for me personally, like I don't really listen to Eminem a lot. I've actually been listening to him a lot more as of late, but that really interests me is the fact that like you could tell he genuinely cares about what he's rapping about, what he's talking about in his songs. So I, I was just wondering, uh, there's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a general, I think today with music these days for, you know, at least 50% of the rappers is it's more about what the song sounds like as a whole and how much money can produce to it. And, if you can follow the formula, so to speak, as far as music is concerned, unless about the result of it, the product that you produce and the lyrics that you came out with and what they mean and um, what your target audience is. It's more nowadays. It's more. Are you meeting a quota, so to speak of? Did you have a beat that was really good? Did you have enough background music and enough noise that's kind of hypes you up a little bit. Did you have enough mumble in it? That's, that's fun enough. It's, it's different music nowadays. It's all hype music. It's yeah. Stuff well, you can play in the club. I feel like that, that came with the, the big wave of SoundCloud rappers. It <laughs> became, it became about, like you said, the formula of it. Formula, formula. Yep. Yeah. Formula of it let's go with that and it became less about the meaning behind the song and that's why like i don't really listen to a lot of the the rap that's out there nowadays just because it's literally the same song just with different pitches with different voices Mm -hmm. and whereas back then it was like you know it was each individual artist doing their each you know their individual unique thing yeah it's very different nowadays in the old days, it was a lot of MCs. Today, it's just a lot of rappers. There's no master of ceremonies anymore. It's really just a one component in a dad. We keep talking about it in a formula of music. It's very different. Think about people like Dr. Dre and Jay Z and Eminem. They're all very different in their own respective way, and they have their own styles and things like that. But when you think of people like I don't know, like you think of like two chains and future and I don't even know because they all blend together. Yeah. It's, it's all very much the same formula and genre. And even if you have a preference one to the other, in which everybody has their own preference, they're all, they all have their good songs and their bad songs. I mean, not like every song Eminem put out was a, you know, a hit. Eminem yeah. had his, had his bad, bad songs too, whether drug field or not. It's not the same type of craft that it used to be. So I think I always kind of appreciated it. You know, you think about the term rap, it's uh, rap, it's um, rhythm and poetry. It's very different nowadays than it used to be. It's, it always was kind of a craft. Now it's more of a skill. Well, that's why. It- Nowadays, like I, I love like Post Malone. Yeah, Post Malone is great. Post Malone is great because he goes out of his way to try to be unique, mm-hmm. and especially mixing, uh, you know, rap and like rock music, mm-hmm. and mixing those two so so perfectly, but making it his own. Yeah. And also collaborating with not only rappers, but also people that, you know, like like his latest album had Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Mm. Like just trying because the the rap community gets so 
uh, filled with literally just the same noise. To, to have somebody try to, to break out of that and be as unique as possible, mm-hmm. people notice that. And that's why he's one of the biggest rappers of all time. Biggest musicians of all time. I don't know about all time because it's, he's only blew up like, what, two years ago? But again, two years ago and he's making songs with Ozzy Osbourne. He's yeah. making I'm not saying he's not really with, great. You can't say yeah, all time when it's only been a with, couple years. I think Meek Mill and... You know, the greatest rapper of, you know, the past five years, I will say. One of the I, I don't know if you can put him up there in terms of just general. You have to give him time. You can't. Even well, if he's again, really good. Again, it, it doesn't just apply to rappers, though. I'm talking about just musicians in general. Yeah. I, I still think he's really good, but say he stops making music tomorrow. You, you can't put him up there with the greatest rappers of all time if he only made you know, three or four, you know, years of rap out of, you know, 15. Well, again, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying he's in any way, you know, comparable to, you know, Eminem, but I, I'm saying for, for this time period and the music that's out there nowadays, yeah. he has truly set himself apart yeah, from, from, from everybody else. Definitely. And you can see that, you know, it, it's, it's visible. Agreed. So I, that's why, personally, I love him because, again, I grew up listening to, like, Linkin Park. You know, it, it, it was it was both rock, and also you had uh, what's his name, uh, the the MC for for, for Linkin Park. I forget his name. Mike Shinoda. Uh, yeah, it, you you had that that mix, and it worked because it was. It was unique. It set itself apart from everything mm-hmm. else. And that's why I love Lincoln Park. And that's why I love Post Malone because he truly sets himself apart from everybody else. If he can keep it up, I think he will. He can set himself apart for the long term. He's He is great. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I, I love listening to his music. It's it's just too new for me to meet, for me to say that he is among the elite of you know, the past 10 years. Yeah. I don't think I agree. I don't think he's elite, but he's personally one of my favorites. Yeah. If in eight years, we're still sitting here talking about him like, Oh, his new album is great. And yeah, agreed. He's definitely one of the top in the last 10, 15 years because he sustained that same popularity and style and uniqueness. Yeah. But the, the thing is with, with him though, and just from his interviews and just the kind of person that he, uh, passes himself off to be is that he doesn't care about any of that too. Like it, it, if it all went away from him, he'd be perfectly okay with that. And that's also a thing I respect about him. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to to see what he has in store for the future. I I really like uh, like him as an artist. So I guess kind of along the same topic. Is there any concerts you're looking forward to going to in the next year or so? Is there anyone you're hoping to go to that you're hoping that there's a tour announced? What's What's your thoughts of ones you're hoping to go to slash want to go to? Um, I don't know. I'd like to go to uh, I'd like to go to a Post Malone concert if the tickets weren't so expensive. Yeah, I think for like the nosebleed seats, they're like one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, I really like to go to an eighty eight Rising concert. Okay, uh, like a Joji, uh, Rich Brian, Nikki concert. Uh, 
I'm not exactly sure what their 2020 dates are, but I know they're doing like a Midsummer Madness thing right now, which I think they're probably on the back end of now. I would really like that's on like my bucket list to see is to go to a, a summer uh, Midsummer Madness yeah. tour. What concerts did you go to this year, if any? Uh, I went to I think it was this year. I went to a Haley Steinfeld. Oh, OK. And a Charlie Puth concert. How was it? It was good. Um, again, I, I I like pop music, especially with uh, like like Charlie Puth. Uh, and then we went to see uh, the Jonas Brothers too. The reason I went to the Jonas Brothers was because they were like the first concert I ever went to. I went I went with my cousins, and it was uh, it was the Jonas Brothers and Demi Lovato. And so I just I wanted to go just as kind of like a nostalgic. That's dope. Yeah. Uh, I'd go to that concert tomorrow. <laughs> yeah legit that was a great concert i i love people who go above and beyond and not only their vocal talents but also their stage presence and uh the theatrics of it all and i think with charlie puth just his talent in general really sold the concert for me it was great and also for the Jonas Brothers, them coming back after you know years of being apart, it was a really really awesome concert to be at. Even if you you weren't really a fan of their music, just the overall experience was really awesome uh, to see. Yeah, I mean I'm not really a Jonas Brothers fan, but I respect what they do. Yeah, it's I I can respect their music. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself, but I I understand it. Yeah, and. It's cool. It's cool to see that they they came together, and they they didn't try to go back to their old way of making music, their old sound, but they adopted the sounds of Joe Jonas and DNC or D yeah DNCE yeah and his band, that kind of outlandish weird sound that they had. Nick Jonas, the more I guess I guess R and B sound that that he had, and then Kevin, you know, not really Kevin because he you know plays the guitar that he doesn't matter, uh, but he's my favorite. <laughs> uh, but they yeah they didn't resort back to the old way. They they found the things that they all wanted to do, and they really. Uh, brought that through in their album and they they kind of share the spotlight now whereas before i feel like you know joe jonas with uh him being the the main draw because disney hired him for 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 camp rock um and why why are you looking at i i know a lot about this all right because this was during my time period uh, and how old were you when Camp a, when Camp Rock came out? What? How old were you when Camp Rock came out? Uh, when did Camp Rock come out? I don't know. 1972. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's about right. Uh, 2008. So I was eight years old, and the girl that I liked back then was obsessed with Nick Jonas, and so I was like. <laughs> I'll jump on that boat. <laughs> and so like that, that was like the only communication that I had with her because she was like a, a cool girl. And 
literally i would just be like so uh the jonas brothers am i right and she'd be like oh my god yeah <laughs> so i was like I, I, I was obsessed along with her with the with the jonas brothers uh not even for their music or anything just to have a conversation with for her. their hair for their hair you know i <laughs> dreamed about touching nick jonas's curly hair yeah fair uh but yeah i don't even know what i was talking about disney originally wanted joe to to play the the main role in camp rock whereas before that even happened nick nick jonas was the main reason why they formed as a band sorry <laughs> and that that to me like set off like the big chain where where joe became the the main priority and Nick kind of fell into the background. And then they both, like, I think they all started to, like, slowly separate because they all had different interests. So now it's really cool to see that they both, they all have come together and they're doing what they love, but together as brothers. And that that's really cool to see, especially having two brothers, you know, of my own. Yeah, it's just really cool to see. So just to kind of divert a little bit, because we talked about it a little bit before, Samsung versus Google phones. Opinion. Samsung has their own kind of niche. They're super popular. Google is also in their little niche of people who want... It's it's funny to think of them as a off-brand kind of... I don't, I don't even know what to categorize them as, but they're not... They're not a mainstream. Yeah, they're not even a mainstream phone. You think of Apple, Samsung, Nokia, even Nokia a little bit. They're just from name brand. Google's their own little brand because of just they all they have is the Pixel. So they're not even they're well, a main it's still, it's brand. It's a flagship though, and it's still it is a flagship, but not a major flagship. It, they're behind. They're still going to be behind Samsung and Apple. Well, every every year, personalities, I guess, tech review personalities, have deemed the Google Pixel as the best phone in a lot of categories. In a lot. Like, like in, in, in camera. I mean, especially camera. Uh, whereas Samsung and, well, not, not really I, uh, Apple, but Samsung has really fallen, fallen short in that category. In terms of so, camera? I mean, yeah. Have you seen the S10 camera? Well, I'm talking about I'm talking about like during the time where the the Pixel 3 was was around. I mean, Pixel 3 I think has been deemed by a lot of people as the best phone. Yeah. To come out of 2000 what 18? Yeah. I mean, Samsung really doesn't even compare to it. And with me, Samsung has always been third in my opinion it's always been iphone pixel and samsung to me just because samsung has so many little things that i hate about it like the bloatware and everything like that and the fact that you know they literally explode in your face it's it's just little things like that that just that really that was only the note 7 that did that to be fair all right well you know when stuff blows up, you tend not to trust the brand in general. <laughs> yeah, it's not great for PR. Yeah. It's, I agree. The, I think one of the major drawbacks of Samsung is they're, sometimes the quality control is a little bit iffy. Their software development is 
definitely their the bloatware is definitely an issue and it's very frustrating google has always been great about their custom android versions they're always pretty straightforward they don't have yeah. a lot of all this extra software in it that kind of uh knocks down your phone a little bit in terms of performance that you got to go through and trying to uninstall everything yeah and the software that they have is top notch Mm -hmm. i mean for the longest time it was you know it was iphone with the with the dual cameras whereas google pixel had the one camera but the software that they had for the camera was the best you could possibly get it was really good yeah so it, it was I think I think the thing that's driving Pixel is the simplicity where I will give it to Samsung the way that their especially their Note 10 looks overall mm-hmm. is a lot better, a lot cleaner in my opinion than the Google Pixel because the Google Pixel is has a lot more simplicity in the design of it, but it's not it's not in a good way. It just it looks very boring. And whereas the the Samsung the Note Ten, you know, it it's a beautiful looking phone, uh, especially with the with the pen that it has and all the the little features, which I said before, a lot of them I don't like, but a lot of them I do like at the same time. Like it's especially in the Note Ten, like it's it's just it's really refreshing to see compared to the iPhone. And the Google Pixel, which they are heavily reliant on, you know, their software or, you know, the look of it. Whereas Samsung, their little features that they do focus on are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are just a lot of things about the Google Pixel that I don't like, like the uh, uh, the forehead that, that it has. Say the forehead? Yeah. So it's not completely bezel-less. Like the, uh, and so they call it the forehead and the chin. (laughs) I don't know why this is the first time I'm hearing this. (laughs) They legit call it the forehead and the chin. The forehead is actually a lot more pronounced on this one because it it has, uh, it has, I think it's called a radar sensor where you can actually swipe without touching the phone. Oh yeah. They've had that for several years. Yeah. I I don't know what it is what it's technically called but i know what you're talking I about i think it's i think it's called a radar sensor that's a pretty stupid name so instead of having a notch they just cut the whole top out yeah, yeah, yeah. To try and minimize the so apparently there are three camera lenses in mm-hmm. there but one of them is a radar sensor and so like so it's on a camera so say so say you're uh you're using spotify yeah if you just if you glide your hand over the screen it'll skip the song yeah just stuff like that. Apparently, uh, apparently there is. I'm not exactly sure what it's called, but uh, so you know how, like with iPhone, uh, you have to to use the Face ID. Yeah. You have to lift it and look at it. Yeah. Apparently, with the Google Pixel, and this is actually one of the things that's great about the phone, is that it has like a three three sixty view of the entire of the entire room around you so by the time you pick up your phone and move it to your face it's already unlocked that's mm, shenanigans well apparently from 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 tech reviewers it's it's actually a really cool uh feature that they have interesting 
So like by the time by the time you pick it up, it cuts on without you even cutting it on, which every phone has. Mm-hmm. But where where you have to to hold it up to uh, unlock it, that's not the the same with uh, the Google Pixel. It, it will already be unlocked by the time you get it up to your face. Well, there's. They use different facial scan technology, like the Google, not the Google, the uh, Samsung Galaxies. I know they use iris scanning, which is a kind of a secondary way of scanning your eye, as opposed to facial recognition, which the iPhone uses. I don't know too much about the Google Pixel as far as what they do with that kind of technology and unlocking your phone and stuff. It sounds pretty interesting if that's the truth. Um, it sounds pretty hard to to do because it's i mean it's a front-facing camera so it's not the same as the back camera which is much higher quality um the front one i'm i'm curious what the technology is now that you've kind of piqued my interest i something i would like to look into if that's true that's pretty interesting um i'm curious to see what they're actually doing as far as what their process is with unlocking your phone uh it says before before we get into anything else know that the radar isn't the same as face unlock Google Motion Sense understands when you're reaching for the Pixel 4 and lights up the screen, bracing for your face to come into range and do the rest. But that's all the radar fuel chip inside does. The sensor, which Google calls solely, isn't actually scanning your mug to make sure you're really you. So take that as you will. (laughs) So it sounds like the motion sensor is getting a quick preemptive notification that you're going to pick up your phone and try and unlock it yeah so it's a it's a quick way of notifying your phone that you're about so to that. so like for example when you set an alarm yeah when the alarm goes off if you reach over your phone and it picks up the fact that that you're reaching for your phone it will silence the alarm before you even really pick it up it'll sense that you're grabbing for your phone and it'll silence the alarm and then you swipe up to actually dismiss it. Yeah. So it's just stuff like that. Just again, it's like, it's the little details. Yes. I wish that the, the Google pixel was a little bit, uh, was completely bezel-less. I feel like with the way that phones are now and from what we've seen, like phones, like, you know, the iPhone 11 and the Google Pixel, I feel like there's no longer an excuse to have bezels, even the the notch that the iPhone has. Like, I don't feel like there's really an excuse anymore to, to continue to have that. The notch? Yeah. So when it comes to Apple, it's a very unique situation. Apple is always in the position of... Even if there is a technology that will take care of it, they will wait an extra year or even two, three, four. They will wait until it's 100% perfected. So they will not put out a product that, you know, they, oh, it gets rid of the notch, but the facial recognition isn't 100%. It takes down the facial recognition functionality just a little bit. They're not about that kind of thing. They're, they will, if it works, they'll keep it until, until there's technology that will that'll make it work. So it's like the OLED screens. You have you you know been keeping up with that a little bit. So Samsung's been doing OLED screens for a while. Yeah, like a couple of years. What was it last year? I think was the first year that they 
did OLED. Oh, no, the iPhone X mm-hmm. was the first year they did OLED screens. And it was just a matter of waiting several years to kind of come up with the technology that worked best for them and for their phone. And it wasn't a just, hey, we have the best screen or we have one of the best screens. We have the best technology in our screens for, you know, we just took it from the other phones. And now we have it in our phone. So we check the box. It's a matter of we check the box in our way. It's very different of when they do it, it's going to be done right. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a, we got, we are matching our competitors. It's going to be where we have this, it's the best we could possibly do. It's a very different kind of ecosystem when you, when you do Android versus Apple. It's, it's also because it's a different ecosystem when you have to compare Android phones. That's Samsung versus Google versus, you know, Nokia versus, the, you know, the 1800 other Hawaii, whatever, whatever other phones you Hmm? Huawei? Yeah, I hear it pronounced 18 other different ways. Um, there's a bunch of different models and uh, brands that you have to fight. With Apple, It's they're the only ones making it, and they're going to do it right. They don't have to keep up and try and outpace other competitors because they're trying to keep up their sales. Well, again, yeah, it, there's, a, there, there's a good reason why Apple is at the top every single year because they take what they're good at and they consistently do it yeah whereas these other phone company like like uh huawei or even samsung they take risks and like you said it's not until iphone or apple themselves perfects these new features that these phones, you know, through trial and error, I I know for a fact that that Huawei and uh, the OnePlus phone have been doing bezel-less phones, yeah, for a while. Yeah, I think it I think it was actually the the Huawei phone where it actually has the uh, it's completely bezel-less. There's not even a lens on the actual screen, mm-hmm. but it has that uh, projector thing where it pops up. Mm-hmm. I mean, the technology's there. It's it's always been there. But again, I think iPhone will always be the company that will have to perfect it in order to, to use it. Just because they aren't going to risk not being number one every yeah. year. They're not based off of technology. They're based off of customer satisfaction. Yeah. And that's why people continue to buy it each and every year, even though they know for a fact that I'm buying the same phone you know, that I did last year, Fair enough. you know, just with some, some minor boosts to mm-hmm. it. Apple is good. What Apple is good at. You're always going to be buying a reliable phone, a great phone, a phone that, that you will have for a year until the very, you know, the next phone. Whereas with Samsung pixel, you kind of, you're kind of taking a chance every year with the new features that they have. Mm-hmm. And especially with, with pixel, they always, I mean, I had a Google Pixel and it was like every single week they had a new update for the phone that you were having to install because there were bugs. There were things that they were working out while the phone was out. And yeah. that was like, you know, eight months into me having the phone. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Apple doesn't do that. I mean, going back to our original point, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for the Pixel phone just because I feel like it is a great phone. I definitely do see the perks of the Samsung phone, 
but there are just too many little things that I don't like about it that will always drive me more so towards the uh, the Google Pixel over the Samsung phone. Fair enough. And there will be things that always draw me to iPhone over the Samsungs and Google Pixel. I you know I appreciate what Android does, and I've had Android phones, and I I do love the custom you know the customization and things that I can do with it, the control I have over it, but you know, day to day, iPhones are just going to provide me more value for my everyday life. If I spent more free time at home and I had time to mess with it and root it and, you know, mess with apps and all, do all this you know, stuff that I have the ability to do on Android, uh, that might be my preference. But in my work life and in my home life, it's, I'm looking for, you know, consistency as far as performance. And there's, a lot more apps there's more games even if they're not the same it's it's hard to explain there's there it's less open source they're not going to have as many but they're going to have better ones yeah um so i'm i'm cool with i mean you think of stuff like 5g it's uh, apple doesn't have 5g yet obviously there's phones out android phones out there that do have 5g and it's just not it's not needed right now. How many places if is 5G deployed? Very few uh, cities. And it's just not needed. I mean, there's really no need for 5G in a phone at this current moment. And they're not going to deploy it until they need to. Yeah. People were disappointed that the latest iPhone didn't come with 5G. It's just really not needed, to be completely honest. And they're not going to deploy it unless it's something that's viable for the phone in terms of performance and in terms of general things. If you don't need 5G, they're going to put that time that they could be spending in deploying and designing the 5G in their phones into developing something like uh, better face ID or you know better motion tracking. There's There's different things that they will spend their time on that will make a better experience for their latest phone. This, they yeah. just do things very differently. Well, again, yeah, I think I think Google, Samsung, they're about being uh, innovative, you know, bringing, you know, what's new to the table next year. You know, they're thinking about the future, whereas, like I said before, Apple is worried about perfecting the things that they have now. They do that perfectly. And again, like like going back to, to the 5G, if it's not available to everybody, if it's not mainstream, then why why invest all your time into that where you could be focusing on other things, perfecting what's already available to everybody? Uh, that's why personally I like I like the iPhone. Uh, it's simplistic, and again, I'm not the kind of person that will sit on my phone and want to customize every little thing. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that like the that like to have the ability to customize their home screen or to to root their phone and i'm just not that kind of person yeah i like i like to have a reliable phone where i don't have to worry about you know what i have on there whether or not you know my phone's randomly going to to shut down on me to brick you know things like that i like having a reliable phone that i can trust uh and that that is that has been uh the iphone for me the past couple of years I can respect that. So this is actually we're going to end episode one here. This has run a little bit over. Um, 
want to thank Jacob for being here. We're going to go into episode number two uh, here next week, and uh, we have plenty more topics to talk about, and we're going to talk about stuff uh, as far as video games, or and talk about um, you know kind of what our recommendations and our favorites are there. Uh, we're going to get into other some more personal topics, I guess, and uh, we're going to see how things go. But I appreciate you joining us with uh, episode one, and uh, we'll see you next week with episode two. Bye. Bye.